Hey, what's up, Team Egos, and welcome to Optimize, the podcast teaching athletes how tea can optimize longevity, recovery, and performance. My name is Vince Lapalusa, and I'm a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu purple belt who has been drinking tea for over 10 years now, and my mission is to teach you how to work with tea so you can recover quicker, play longer, and be more competitive in your athletic pursuits. Let's face it, as athletes, we are under a lot of stress. Whether it be physical stress from our hard training sessions or mental stress from a competition coming up or a recent injury or just life, being an athlete can be stressful. Well, what if I told you there are teas that you can work with to lower these anxieties and stressors? Today, my guest Lily Beyer and I are going to explore those herbs, some more powerful than others, and just how Lily's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practice in combination with her tea routines have helped her overcome and manage the stressors of life. Lily is a self-defense instructor and full-time athlete with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. She's an instructor at the gym Neutral Ground in Milwaukee and teaches the women's Jiu-Jitsu class and self-defense for the academy. On top of this, she runs her own business, Garden of Serpents, a holistic self-empowerment company. She's a private coach, artist of movement and visual media, and advocate for martial arts equality. In this episode, you are going to hear how, although Lily was thrown many reasons in life to be stressed and anxious, she was able to overcome those obstacles to empower herself and others, and how she used tea along the way. So grab your tea, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Optimized. Hey, Team Ego, real quick, before we jump into the show, make sure to stick around till the end to be one of the first people to try the new Fresh Steeps tea blends. So stick around, find out, but now let's get to the show. Lily, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I am doing great. How are you? So good. So good. So happy that you're able to to join me here today and uh, yeah, excited to dig into this. Great. Yeah, I'm excited too. I've been listening to your podcast for a while and it's just so great to be able to connect so many aspects of the athletic world, the everyday life, and then of course the tea component. So excited. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, as I always like to start, what are you drinking today or right now? So I have a turmeric and ginger blend. Um, it's just the Yogi brand of tea. That's usually the main one that I have so many varieties that I'll start with kind of like a general base. Um, I tend to go with turmeric and ginger a lot just for kind of like the anti-inflammatory uh, properties. But then I add, uh, I have like these little vials of liquid herbs like chamomile and dandelion, uh, ginkgo, baboa and add like a little bit of honey and actually bee pollen too, really just for other elements of kind of like that cognition and just being able to really relax and calm the body to start off my day. Nice. Do you add all those herbs at once that you were saying like in the tinctures? Yeah. So I'll actually do it in portions. So I start with like the base tea and I'll kind of sip that and let it just like slowly digest. And then I'll usually add my digestive herbs first. So like my dandelion, um, I have like milk thistle, um, things that also help stimulate the lymphatic system as well. So just like getting that fluid moving in my body. And then I'll usually add like the calming and the cognition ones. So like chamomile, ashwagandha, um, the ginkgo. Um, Yeah, I have such a variety. There are all different ones that have like 
properties for respiratory health, um, mm -hmm. like astragalus and um, stinging nettle. Then I have some that are for like more like womanly health. Like when I'm on my cycle, I use maca. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it kind of varies on like, how am I waking up and feeling in the morning? Yeah. Awesome. That's, there's a lot there that we could dig it into. It is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe, maybe later in the, in the episode, we'll, we'll dig into a few of those herbs. But um, I think before we do that, I think it'd be a good, good idea to give a little bit of background of you. So where were you, I guess, when did like this whole tea journey start for you? Like, where were you before you actually started tea and like kind of what got you into, into working with tea and herbs? When I, where I was at before I really started drinking tea, so just a young angsty teen trying to figure out their way in the world. At 17, I got involved with Brazilian jiu-jitsu mm. and was putting my body more through just like these physical attributes where I was constantly feeling drained, just this young adolescent period where I'm like, I'm always stressed. There's always something going on that's making me constantly anxious. My diet was very all over the place. There was a lot of sugar and binge eating things that just reinforced this anxiety that I already had. Um, and then when I was 18 and I came to Milwaukee, I still came through the gym uh, neutral ground. So I started in their affiliation in Stevens Point and came to Milwaukee then. And the head instructor, John Friedland, he was always drinking tea. And he's like, yeah, this is just part of my lifestyle. You know, this awesome black belt, just super cool dude. And I see him with his, uh, and he was actually the one drinking um, Herba Mate to begin with. So he had his little okay. board. I'm like, that's so cool. And he's like, yeah, do you want to try some? I was like, this tastes like smoked meat. And he's like, well, there are <laughs> other things that taste better than this. Uh, he's like, yeah, just even like green tea. You know, I like to drink it before jujitsu. It kind of just helps calm the nerves. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, I'll try it. And I did before class and it was just like, oh, this actually made me feel really calm and just very centered with myself and part of that culture, like sitting with the community before jujitsu, the people in the class, and we just sit and drink our tea. And it was like our own little like book club kind of we just <laughs> talk about life and then we yeah. get right to training with one another and practicing our simulated murder. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> in like this really great way that we just felt a deeper connection when it came to the vulnerability that you put yourself in within this environment, having people that see you and being able to take the priority to, okay, let me listen to my body. And before I just rush into things, let me just slow things down. And I think that's the greatest thing that I found with tea is that it helps me slow down my process in life. So instead of this anxiety of go, 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 it's like, well, I can take my five minutes, prepare my tea, how I like sit with my thoughts, let that digest. And then obviously with the different herbal elements and how that affects the body. But regardless, there's something about like holding a warm drink in your hands that you're like, I just feel grounded right now. Mm. And so I kind of, after like 18 and starting that, it just continued to one, be a conversation piece with other people when they'd see me drinking tea and being able to talk about it more. It just became more and more a part of my life. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's incredible. That's a really cool instructor to kind of be introducing that. It sounds like an ideal instructor to me because <laughs> to have that, that experience is super awesome. 
and he's very much a person that, you know, everyone grows up and they experience a lot of different life, a lot of different traumas. So mm -hmm. your present character is how I look at everything. So yeah, to have that influence of someone's like just this cool hippie dude drinking his tea before jujitsu. And he's like crazy looking dude. He's always got his mustache, like in some crazy cut, mm -hmm. weird hair and just so authentic with his personality. So seeing yeah. that at 18, I'm like, wow, here's this older adult that doesn't have to conform to like looking or acting a certain way but there's just this calming presence around him and like, what are the habits that he has? And so it is a little bit of like mirroring. I wanted to like be an element of that. I'm like, I want that calm presence. Mm. I want people to approach me in that way and have questions. I'm like, Oh, what are you doing? And being able to explain, Oh, this is why I'm doing this. Yeah. That's, uh, that's so cool. And I like that you, so I'm curious about like the, the yerba mate you said tasted like roasted meat. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't expecting, like I, I had tea before. So I was like, right. oh, like plant water. And <laughs> took yep. a sip and was like, oh. And he's like, oh, that face? He's like, yep. He's like, that's a part of the tradition. Like that's what he's like most times like that first sip will actually be spat out. And it's kind of like a yeah. part of, you know, you're preparing like for this like great potential that this plant medicine has essentially but like mm -hmm. that first taste is like whoa we got to get ready for it <laughs> yeah so can you explain a little bit about yerba mate for anyone listening who doesn't know what that is so it's a um traditional i'm now i'm trying to remember uh right. <laughs> the, put you on the spot yes so uh portuguese culture they have basically a tea blend of i forget if it's fully like green tea. I think there's other things in it, um, mm -hmm. but it's a very caffeinated drink. Yeah. And so part of like the ritual and preparing it is that they usually have like a hollowed out gourd that was dried. And there's a special straw slash like spoon that mm -hmm. basically has a filter. So you actually put the dry leaf into the gourd itself. And when you put it in, you actually put your hand over the gourd and you kind of shake it to get like a lot of the dust that is just from like all the plants sitting there. And then when you make this little hole in the center of where you dump it into the gourd, that's where you put the straw. And so this filter then when you fill it with water, it helps like as it's setting so that obviously you're not sucking up the yeah. actual leaf. I will say sometimes you still get pieces in your <laughs> mouth. That's not foolproof, but I think that's part of it. Yeah, um, exactly. So, so yeah. And like, I definitely can say the caffeine in that is much stronger than what's mm. in like your average cup of coffee. So like when we would have this, especially in our afternoon times for jujitsu, people would be buzzing. <laughs> we're like, we're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's as far as like my knowledge, uh, yeah, definitely yeah. could look more into it. It's still like relatively new for me. Cause when I thought mm. I was like, Oh, that's just a cool thing. Like I didn't really understand what all the elements were with it. Um, but now like that we have more people, it's like, oh, cool. Like now we're kind of teaching the culture behind it and like that communal aspect with it because yeah, people taste it and they're like, this isn't really that great. <laughs> like there's more to it. Yes. Yeah. I know it's a, it's a very, I, I call it like a, it's a grassy, very bitter type tea, especially like you said, that first, the first steep or that first sip is I, I mean, I like it now. I, I've drank a lot of yerba mate where I actually don't mind. Like that's that's even with like green teas, black teas. A lot of times you'll do a rinse or yeah, what they call a rinse where they'll take the hot water, put it over the leaves for like 
10 seconds just to like start opening up the leaves and then you, you dump it out. And then after that, you start your first steep. I usually drink it. Um, that's kind of sacrilege in the, uh, in the tea world, but it's wasted tea in my opinion. So why would I, why would I not drink it? Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you, you explained that super well. It's a, the first time I had yerba mate, I think it was like a trip. It was like the, the caffeine levels were so high and like flowing through me. I like not actually, it doesn't have any psychoactive effects, but it was basically like a psychoactive effect because of how high the caffeine was. Did you experience anything like that? I definitely felt, I describe it as like this buzzing. Like, I mean, as yeah. a person with high anxiety, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm just anxious. <laughs> but then it was a weird, like having this hot liquid, there was a mm-hmm. sense of like calm to it of right. like, I'm just ready to move my body. And that's what I've felt with, I mean, there's definitely things that I've tried that have produced more of like a high effect. So in comparison, mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't feel like it was like yes. that high. Yeah. It was just like, wow, I feel so extroverted. Like I feel okay. so like I'm just yeah, yeah. ready to give myself to give everything to jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I love it. And, that, and that's actually why I use Yerba Mate as like a quote unquote pre-workout um, for that exact reason. Sounds like that. I mean, that's I, I don't always use the word pre-workout because it immediately like triggers like people to go to the traditional pre-workouts that for me have like been horrible when I've tried them. I don't know if you've experienced any pre-workouts, like the powdered crap. Um, yeah. I honestly refer yeah. to that as like, oh, legal crack. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you'll, if you take, and people that will like dry scoop it, I'm like, that's yeah. great. But like, it's, I feel it in my heart is going to explode. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's why I had to, to switch to tea as my, as my pre-workout or yerba mate, because it was literally that. And, and like you said, there's a difference. What, what I find fascinating about teas like yerba mate comparatively speaking to like a green tea, because it actually is different from the plant, from like the green tea plant. Yerba mate is a completely different plant. Um, They both have caffeine, but then even like coffee, it's like all three of them have caffeine. Caffeine is the same compound like in each. However, they're very different experiences. So I don't know. Are you much of a coffee drinker? Do you ever... You know, I'm not. And that was so funny is like, especially, so I did my freshman year at UWM. So I did year college and that was a big thing of like, I'm so tired and people like, just get on coffee. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I just don't really like the taste of coffee. That was never like really my thing. I wasn't exposed to it a whole lot. Like it was available. I'm just like, nah, but there's something about like, well, I can do tea. And like, Mm -hmm. I didn't always like the taste of it, but it was something that it was so like kind of dulled that I'm like, I like how I feel after it that like, this is easy enough for me to just down and be like, cool, I don't have a weird aftertaste. Like my teeth don't feel grimy. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so that caffeine and I'll do even like more caffeinated teas in the morning or like afternoon. And then evening time is like, we don't need any more caffeine. (laughs) Right, right. Because caffeine, yeah, it's got a it's got a pretty long half life. Actually, caffeine can stay in your system for for quite a while. It's why those herbal teas are nice in the in the afternoon. And there are some nice herbal teas that have zero caffeine, but stimulate the body like an energizer would, but you're able to go right to sleep right after um, after having it if you want. So that, that there's a lot of cool herbs that, that we could get into. But um, so in the regards to the yerba mate, you, you do because you're a coach for jujitsu. Yes, right. 
Okay. So you do these, as you call, yerba mate clubs, right? We So basically the scheme of like the class dynamic. So as like an instructor, I basically also help manage the location. So our gym affiliation has three gyms in the area. And there's an east side gym on the east side side of Milwaukee. There's a Bayview mm-hmm. one and there's a South Milwaukee. And the east side gym has always like that was the home base, the headquarters of where everything stemmed from. So yeah. there's a lot of heritage with it of like that legacy of John Friedland, this owner and like kind of the culture that he passed down. So me coming into the gym at 18, seeing oh, this man drinking tea, like this is how he unites these people. So when he's off at the other locations, this is how I like continue mm. his like legacy is kind of like being able to accumulate the people of like, yeah, we're boiling the tea right now. We've got a little electric kettle. So like people see that they're like, oh, what are you doing? Like, oh, we're having, you know, our, our tea time right now. We're having our mate. Like, do you want to come and join? And then them asking questions. So it really like not everyone does it. They kind of right. see us in the corner of like, yeah, those are the tea people. Like that's just what they do. Uh, <laughs> not for but the, everyone, yeah. Yeah. And the ones that do accumulate to it, even if they aren't drinking it, they just love to sit and chat with us. Like they kind of right. sense this very like calming presence. Um, but the specific classes that I teach and cause these are like the full co-ed classes where typically one of our black mm-hmm. belts teach, I'm yeah. a four straight blue belt. So while I am in charge of the gym, I teach all of the new people on their first day that come in. And then I also teach the women's class. And then I teach the self-defense class as well. So in the elements of with the classes that I'm teaching, I do throw in kind of more this holistic approach of just like, hey, things that can help your body. Like if they do have questions of like, what is a good before after routine, I tend to add like a little input like, oh, like, well, I'm really into tea. This helps me with kind of just like calming. These are the types of herbs that I use or the types of teas that I find before jujitsu or after jujitsu have kind of helped me, but obviously to each their own. But it does spark this conversation of like, oh, what are other healthy ways for me to either prepare kind of like regress my evening at night? Because the other thing with jujitsu, especially when we have our night classes, is that the adrenaline that you build mm. up in yourself? And so we all roll at the end of class and then it's like, all right, goodbye, have a great <laughs> evening. And people are just, they're still buzzing. So it's like, well, how do I come down from that yes. kind of like jujitsu high? And that's where I've mentioned, like, oh, well, in the evening time, I'll do like a chamomile and like a like a lavender tea or like a rose tea, and I'll add ashwagandha to it, like just these calming elements that it's like you can kind of prepare for your body to be like, okay, we can rest now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's such a, I mean, I've experienced that and I know a lot of people do because I also do the evening classes and I don't love that. Like I, I, I that was a big challenge for me is because I would end class at like 8.15 and personally, I like to get to bed by like 10 and I'd like lay in bed and I'm just like, my mind is still racing. I'm thinking about like each of the, each of the roles that I was having. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is just, it's annoying frankly, it was, it was kind of annoying. So the fact that you're able to, to realize that and work with these herbs, cause I do the same thing now. It's like instead, but unfortunately, maybe I got to start this at, at my jujitsu gym, actually start the little tea clubs. It's a, uh, it's motivating for me to do so. Um, but when I come home, I mean, yeah, I work with like ashwagandha, Tulsi, chamomile, stuff like that to hopefully help bring my, my, my levels down so that I can just coast right into bed instead. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that I've noticed is 
that sense of community you get at night of like, these are my people. And regardless mm-hmm. of people have like families to go home to, like I was always a person that was like, it's just me. Like I'm here for me. I go home by myself. It would be such a, like almost like a depression of I'm leaving my people. Mm-hmm. I feel alone. I'm had all this like angsty energy that I can't get out right now. It's too late at night. Like I need to get right. ready for bed. How can I change the narrative to, okay, you got your time with your people, like do what you can within that time to kind of even settle yourself like verbally. Like I always like say my goodbyes to everyone. I usually don't just like dip out. I'm like, cool. I got to like have my closure with things of like, I always am one to like compliment people. Like this is what you did really well at. Like if you have any questions, you know, here's some extra time that maybe it's just me kind of extending that process of like, I'm not ready to leave yet. (laughs) But I do notice that when people see that behavior, they tend to follow in the sense of like this community. And then even at night too, we'll sometimes like uh, boil some hot water. And then that's where like, we won't do the mate. We'll do like, oh, just, you know, some regular like chamomile tea or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. We've got a bunch of like random teas at the gym, honestly, something I'm like, I would like to restock, like having this conversation, like, cool, let's get like a good schedule for our tea time. Yeah. Uh, I'd love that. And if you do, I'd I'd love to hear what you, what you do. Cause that'd be, uh, that'd be super cool. Um, so with some of the classes that you teach, uh, some of them are more therapeutic type classes, correct? Yes. And this is more of like something I do personally. So I have my own business where it's actually separate from what I do at the gym neutral ground. But yes, I do provide more personal classes. And this actually started from when I got certified for teaching self-defense. I really analyze like there's so much more than the physical attribute, like especially Mm. when you're gathering people that are vulnerable, that they more likely than not, they have a story of like, this is what has drawn me to wanting to learn Mm self-defense. And I want to give those people that time to really like kind of sit with their feelings and be able to recognize that like, we don't have to jump in with the contact right away. This process Mm. and how we build the safety net is really, your body can only act with in its realm of how safe it feels. So in creating this very safe environment, like at my apartment, I actually don't have furniture. I just have mats. So I have like a little (laughs) mini jujitsu space, Um, but I have these mats and these on top of the mats are other mats of like comfy mats that you can sit on. So it's this very grounding session where we sit on the ground. Um, Typically I've had groups of like at least three or four people. I tend to do more Mm -hmm. one-on-one because in that sense, it's really like the focus is that person and recognizing that, oh, I'm here with someone that I can trust. I don't have to share necessarily like my story with other people. Mm -hmm. This is just my time. And like, I always look at it as like therapy. Uh, Not that I am a certified therapist whatsoever, but I am a good listener and I'm a good advocate for telling people they have a right to feel the way that they feel. Mm -hmm. And with this process, like I will make them a tea and kind of based upon where their health is at, their mental health. Um, I kind of pick herbs then that I think would be best for them in creating a tonic, a solution, a potion, if you will, that puts them in a state where they're like, wow, I feel really seen right now. I feel really safe in my body. And I feel like this is an opportunity that's going to help me grow because I can acknowledge how vulnerable I feel. And there are other elements that sometimes I'll add in this more like medicinal plant medicine of, Mm -hmm. um, 
I dabble with, you know, microdosing with psychedelic mushrooms. And this Mm -hmm. isn't like to say I'm like drugging these people and making them trip (laughs) in front of me. This is like, hi, I want to see where you're at with things. If it's something that you would like to make this deeper connection for kind of the trauma that you've gone through and being able to process it and like remember things, if that's something that you feel safe and comfortable doing, this is an option. And I've done this with like four people and everyone Mm -hmm. that's done this has been like, wow, that was intense, but it was needed. And Mm -hmm. I always remind them that like, you're in a very safe place right now. Nothing bad is going to happen while it may be triggering for you to remember these events, you knowing that you're safe in your body and like, nothing outside of this room is like coming after you. Mm -hmm. This is where being able to process these traumas, you're now going to be able to step into this new power and this growth of recognizing like, oh, nothing from my past is holding me back right now. And that's where like, I view my mission as kind of like this healer and this empowering coach to guide people into like recognizing like, oh, I have all the power within me. Mm. I just needed someone to believe in me and to be able to trust in a moment of vulnerability. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. That's a, it's really powerful because, and it's, it's really cool that you understand that because there's, there's the, the, the physical is as athletes, like it's obviously very important, but for someone who's interested in joining this this especially jujitsu where it's a it's a very intimate type sport where you're you're right in someone's face or someone's like on top of you pressuring a lot of their weight down and for some people that can put them in very uncomfortable situations especially beginners and to build a connection before like a like a just a personal connection and use in working with teas or herbs or whatever the the plant medicines to enhance that connection it's only going to exponentiate the physical then if that makes sense and i think that's kind of i'm just kind of reiterating the words that you just said where it helps lower the inhibitions the i don't really like the word inhibitions but like lowers some of the walls where it's like you're, you're like yeah i am in a safer space like with just you or maybe like two other people who are who i'm also feel comfortable with and then all of a sudden it turns the the sport into like play. And then like the competition is now just playful. And in my opinion, when it's play, there's a lot of there's a lot of just chances to become creative, to expand on your techniques, to just have more fun with it. I mean, and shit, like that's like what is gonna keep you coming back is when you're having fun with something and you're feeling you're feeling safe. I mean, why wouldn't people want to come back, right? And that's what I think is so amazing about, you know, every every gym I like to look at has its rose and its thorn of like, we're trying to accumulate these ideas of like, what is that utopian society where, right, you can put yourself in such a vulnerable position and you're not worried about people taking advantage of you, Mm. whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally. And this is something that like, because of the experiences I've had, I've really been able to process this of like the present work that I do now, it's all keeping in mind the comfort level that you can provide to someone when they are experiencing discomfort is so important to that like interpersonal growth for them Mm -hmm. of if you're anxious in any way that that survival skill is telling you like you are not safe right now, you're not going to learn. And even if you force yourself to like, okay, well, maybe I'll get over it. You know, I'll just keep trying it. 
you're never going to really experience the joy when you see other people having this sense of play. And this is how I look at adults now. I'm like, we're all just giant children. Of like, <laughs> Even when I talk with people, I'm like, what yeah. is your inner child need right now? Because right. uh, I think it's so common that we forget as adults, like we're all still that same person that like enjoyed playing with our friends or like playing on the playground, whatever. We're on the ground, we're rolling around. Jiu-jitsu gets to embody this very special skill that like culturally, I mean, how we started, if you look at like, the primal days of like mm -hmm. us all being in caves, like we're in close contact. And what began to divide us was this system of like, oh, I want what they have, but I don't want them to take from me. Mm -hmm. And like this kind of sense of, I say selfishness, but it's important to have a certain boundary with like what's within your realm and your life. But the way that we've manipulated this of like, there's a hierarchy of like the bigger, stronger people, like they get to have what they want what's kind of rest for the what's left for the rest of us and mm -hmm. in different schemes then it became like okay they're not bigger and stronger but they have more money it's kind of still the struggle of power so how do you balance this equality that like jujitsu is this language where you see people of smaller stature can get really good at it and it's mm -hmm. no longer relying on power but I think it does rely on the comfortable, like the comfortability that you have working with another human being because the most advanced jujitsu players, like they're staying tight. There's no face. Mm -hmm. Like you yeah. talk about being in someone's bubble, like you're like in their body. So, <laughs> and like acknowledging that of like, how do you describe this to a way to like to women and children that like right. this isn't a common thing to be so close to someone that we teach these physical boundaries with people and to have then this healthy exposure therapy of when you're working with someone, not only like the chemicals are you releasing, like the oxytocin and just mm -hmm. like these ways to soothe the body hormonally, but then you're also getting this communication and this dialogue between someone of like, this is how I'm problem solving. And this yeah. is how I'm applying this physical situation to other things in life. And that's what I think is so cool is perceptionally after you do jujitsu, your issues in life, you look at, well, no one's choking me out. So yeah. maybe this isn't as bad as I think it is. <laughs> like you said earlier, it's simulating murder. Yeah. <laughs> so literally, I mean, if, if people like the tap out, is you're you're so you're like okay if you keep going I'm gonna pass out like if someone's choking you like ah. and technically it could go go past that point so yeah when you think about it from that perspective you come home you're like yeah life's pretty chill like that that work thing that was bothering me yeah does it really matter I don't I don't think so um, so I want to get back to the to the herbs and to the teas a little bit more kind of kind of dig into some specifics so. You mentioned earlier, I mean, you mentioned a bunch and I guess, can you give like your, I don't know, let's just say top five, top five herbs that you like to work with. And then we can kind of dig into, into some of those. And, and I guess specifically for kind of that recovery, the, with the stress, the anxiety, stuff like that. Yeah. So top one, my, my home herb is definitely ashwagandha. That was mm -hmm. like the life changer for me. Something that for someone that was on antidepressants and anti-anxiety, mm -hmm. like having to take a prescription, when I wanted to find a more natural path for that and realizing like, oh, there's this adaptogen that my body is going to basically designate where that, that herb is going to help me the most. And mm -hmm. while it does have 
these like physical components of like being able to calm the body in a physical way and stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system and releasing the serotonin that's like cool you can calm down right now i've just also noticed with like digestive issues and just cognitive function and like the changes that it has on the cortisone levels in the body of this stress hormone that's constantly putting us in like this survival mode Mm -hmm. it helps relieve some of that pressure where it's like I still will have anxious moments but I feel more of a clarity of being able to okay how do I handle this so Yeah. yeah ashwagandha is my life i take it in capsule form and I put it in my tea. And the biggest thing with that is that sometimes just the ashwagandha itself, if you take it in capsule form, it doesn't actually get properly digested. So the ones that you want to look for are actually mixed with black pepper. And that actually helps Mm. like your stomach lining absorb it so that it's being sent through the body where it needs to go. That's uh, similar to turmeric with the the curcumin. Yeah. Because the if the, the science behind it is the uh, black pepper has the piperine. So anything that has a high level of piperine it actually inhibits the an enzyme in your liver that would, obs- or that actually processes these, these uh, herbs like ashwagandha and turmeric or curcumin. And um, basically the piperine inhibits its function in like absorbing that stuff. So it allows your bloodstream to, absorb it and therefore it to actually be more useful in your body. Um, if anyone cares about the science behind that, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's super, super cool and super interesting. When did you discover, um, ashwagandha? Like, and how did you discover it? It was, so this is right around time, like 18 came to Milwaukee by myself. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. I'm an anxious, <laughs> crazy person. That's how I felt of like, there's just way too much. I was from a small town. So being in the city was very overwhelming. So yeah. my mom was keeping tabs with me of like, are you taking your anxiety medication? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not taking it consistently because I don't like the way that I feel on it. Like mm. it just was something I think of my brain was like, I'm against this because this is pharmaceuticals. <laughs> and really, I think it was just, again, angsty teen. I was making excuses and not taking care of myself. So she was like, well, if you really don't want to take a prescription, I have my holistic doctor who I don't even remember his name, but someone she was seeing of, Mm -hmm. he recommended ashwagandha. And I was like, okay, well, what, what is that? And she was like, well, the way he's describing it is like, it's a replacement for like anxiety medication and was kind of like explaining more of it to me. Of course she was like, I don't know if it's going to work for you or not. This is what this doctor recommends. And he is a holistic doctor. Mm. And I was like, okay, well I'll try it. And like within a couple weeks of taking it consistently. And the other thing I liked is that you can't really take too much of it. I mean, I'm I'm sure you could if people were just like downing a bottle a day. But like I've looked at studies where like actually the higher dosages are what helps like change those cortisone levels. So even if there's a day where like I took one in the morning and I was like, I'm still kind of feeling anxious, I take another one in the afternoon. And then by the evening, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling okay. And the repetition of taking that consistently that's what really helped put me in the state of like, it felt like my body was just naturally doing the work. Yeah. So it kind of helped relieve the stress of like, I'm not having to change necessarily the chemicals in my brain, but mm. in a way I'm using herbs to help me. So <laughs> yeah, I, adaptogens blow my mind. Just a quick side note, because that they can do this. And so there's only like, I think, I think there's 12 known adaptogens and I forget actually I'll, I'll attach a link to 
an, a recent episode with um, Rochelle Rob- Robinette. Um, I forget what episode it was, but I had her on and she did a great job at explaining what adaptogens are for people who are interested. So I'll put that in the show notes, but adaptogens are crazy. And there's only like 12 known adaptogens and 24 or another 12. So 24 in total. Um, those other 12 are like still being classified whether or not they actually are adaptogens. But the fact that like, like you said, you introduce this herb to your body and it for ashwagandha's example. It's like, oh, the cortisol is crazy high in this in this guy or in this girl. Cool. Let's settle it down. Like, oh, the cortisol is super low. Okay, let's bring it up. Let's bring up the cortisol. And the fact that like it can work like that blows my mind. And there's actual like research and science that backs it. So super cool stuff. But yeah, <laughs> I could talk about ashwagandha. I agree with you. When I was when I discovered it from a male perspective too. It helps a lot of um, just male functions as well in, in the support, um, testosterone boosting. And um, there's actually contradictory stuff with the testosterone. So get into that on a different episode. Um, so what, what about what, what another another herb or another tea? Um, probably chamomile. I mean, talking about anxiety-wise, kind of like right. descending from there. Uh, chamomile is definitely another one that yeah. I not only like – the mental soothing but Mm -hmm. the digestive soothing because my anxiety specifically likes to evolve itself into physical symptoms and i always Mm. talk about like i have a tummy ache like my stomach's upset so that was like a big thing when it came to tea like having this chamomile tea especially after jujitsu at night that Mm -hmm. was a big one of like oh i really feel more soothed right now and i say soothed a lot i guess to like describe that feeling of like when I want to be bouncing off the walls, I can yeah. be like, I am calm just sitting and like reading a book or like mm. listening to a podcast. I don't have to mm-hmm. be doing anything. I can just sit. And it's not this desire to, I need to be doing something right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. And then uh, Rose is another one. And this yeah. is, so I'm tachycardic. So when I started getting into like herbalism more and understanding traditional Chinese medicine and talking about like the five elemental theory that basically your, your main organs have a corresponding element to them. So Mm. your heart is your fire. And they talk about like different herbs that have this warming sensation that kind of help build your fire. And of course, there's always a contradiction of like, well, you don't want to build it too much because that's going to create a (laughs) chain of events and mess up your other elements. But Uh, this reoccurring uh, herb of talking about rose and like rose hips or adding like rose petals to things. And I have a couple teas that are like rose and hibiscus and just kind of being more drawn to like this flower component. I don't know, maybe I'm just biased because I'm Lily and I'm like, oh, my little flower friends. (laughs) But I have found like in different teas that have been concocted with rose, they're referred to as this heart opening. Yes. And that's what I found when I'll mix rose and cinnamon together, which is also like Mm. this kind of heart element herb of this warming sensation and being able to kind of help like stoke the fire within you for someone that is very heart deficient and has a hard time controlling that, uh, the beat within the rhythm within my body, like it kind of puts me more in tune with it. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I'm really feeling like, again, this kind of anxiety that would make my heart race is being calmed right now. And I'm more aware of it. And I do think it could be like a placebo effect of like, I associate this with this. So I'm like, my brain is just found out a way to 
like calm everything down because I'm putting context to it, but I think to each their own. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, to disregard placebo effect, I've always found that fascinating that people are like, Oh, it's just placebo effect. Like placebo effect is wild. It shows that like, we are very strong. Like we're a, our minds are crazy powerful. The fact that we're just taking a sugar pill, for example, that oftentimes is the what's used in studies and we're curing ourselves. Like, Mm. do you realize that? Like that's wild again, maybe for a different time to talk about, but just absolutely wild. And so can you explain, you said you're tachycardic. Yeah. Tachy, uh, tacky is just like in medical terms, meaning fast or like fast racing. So, okay. and then cardio and then car- heart. Yeah. Yep. So I have a fast racing heart. Um, and really this is very like anxiety induced. It's also kind of like this genetic, uh, like hereditary issue within my mom's side of the family. And also for specifically the women in our family too, which I talk mm-hmm. a lot about like generational trauma and kind Obviously, of like for yeah. women, taking on more of an emotional burden in life just throughout all sorts of different things. But the main thing is when I would exercise, this would also be triggered. So my body would start circulating my blood so quickly to my heart to make it pump faster that I would lose feeling and circulation in my lowest extremities. So Mm. it'd typically be my legs would get really heavy. And so as a kid, I'd say like, I can never run because I can't lift my legs. And people are like, you're crazy. Like, what do you mean you can't run? So that was also like a big thing doing jujitsu of like understanding that my journey is going to be completely different than from other people. Cause the first Mm -hmm. year I actually came to Milwaukee, I was in a situation where my heart was racing and I was pinned down in the bottom of Mount and I couldn't get up and being so flat. I actually was triggering Mm. myself to hyperventilate and not realizing that like, Oh, I physically can't move. And they had to call the EMTs on me because they're like, she's not moving. She's turning purple. What do we do Uh, about this? So, and that was like, I, I remember the instructor saying like, can you do this? Like, is this something that's going to affect you? I'm like, I need to be more aware of where my limits are at because it doesn't just start like that. It accumulates. And Mm -hmm. even like when we do the warm ups, I don't know if your gym is the same where you run around in a circle or you do like Mm -hmm. the rolls down the mats. Mm -hmm. For me, that would trigger my heart right away. For so many years, I would be like, I have to do this because this is what the boys do. I'm like, this is actually really bad for my body. So, you know, just kind of like putting things in perspective of, when I have my routine of slowing things down, having my tea, having my rose and cinnamon tea before practice, instead of doing the warm ups, like that to me is my warm up. Like that's getting my heart ready to do this cardio then. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, so that's very fascinating. Um, I think a, a few things there, like you said about the, I think one super interesting that it's, a common theme amongst the women in your family and you you hit it right on the head that i was thinking was about like how you said one your anxiety triggers this physical response of maybe your heart being super rapid like a ra- or beating super rapidly um and yeah that go and we know now that trauma can pass generationally for up to like 10 generations which is wild um and so it's like is this physical thing from all the anxieties that the women in your generation, your ancestry have had to deal with. And so very fascinating there. Um, but then also fascinating that you're able to like 
work with these herbs and, and yeah, rose is a, is a great heart opener. Um, I don't know if you've ever like worked with rooibos tea. No, um, I haven't. Rooibos is another one and hibiscus, which you, you did mention. Um, these it's amazing. These red herbs are all very correlated to, uh, the heart. Um, I've noticed like these red kind of lighter type herbs. So rooibos, hibiscus, rose, um, and, and rose kind of makes sense too. I mean, what do we associate a lot of times with rose? It's like love. It's an aphrodisiac in a way. It kind of lightens the mood. Like, like even just like smelling these herbs can like send a tingle down your spine, like relax yourself. So um, it is a, it is interesting. And I actually don't know why the red herbs. It's something I'm going to be, I might have to look into why red herbs do this for the heart. But um, super cool. Yeah, you should check out rooibos if you haven't. Yeah, definitely. And it is very interesting when I was getting more into like traditional Chinese medicine, learning mm. about herbalism, whole foods in general, the pigmentation of like natural foods is very telling of like these properties. And like, I know I always use my verbiage as like the magic that it has, but <laughs> in a way, like when, yes, we have science to like explain certain things, but it's yeah. like, there's a reason why this food is on this earth. And I think of things like dragon fruit and like, yep. I know that um, dark colored berries like cherries and strawberries and whatever, they all have properties to be natural lymph movers. Mm -hmm. So when I was learning about the lymphatic system and it was like understanding the diet that like actually helps stimulate this and move this stagnant fluid that's in you sitting in your body, it was like, oh, like whenever I would make smoothies with these berries, like I would feel just like a lighter, like, oh, I'm more mobile. I feel less inflamed. And that is kind of like segueing into these other herbs that I tend to use, mm-hmm. like dandelion and red clover. Those are my my lymph moving ones. So that's yeah. always something that I like to start my day, especially after laying flat and sleeping for so long. When you wake up and you're like, cool, I need to like move. And it's not just the physical exercise that helps move this fluid and the self-stimulation that you can, you know, do self-massage and like there's dry brushing and different techniques. But the foods and the herbs that you eat is another big one, which like internally is what's doing all the work. So you're able to move these fluid, you know, this fluid around like your organs and throughout your muscles. So when it comes to recovery then of inflammation and after you've just moved your body in a wild way, I mean, I'm very hypermobile, hyperflexible. So I'm really just like a noodle when I do jujitsu. And you take a lot of damage. It's like, cool, I may have gotten out of that arm bar, but like now my tendonitis is going to be inflamed. Um, (laughs) So, and also like not to discredit that you should be training smart for your body. Um, But still, like when you train constantly, you're going to take some sort of damage. So it's not only this element of calming like your brain and your body, but now how do I actually repair this inflammation and this fluid that's kind of like trying to repair, but it's not sitting in the right spot. So dandelion, red clover, there's a whole bunch of them that I have all these little like tinctures that these little Mm -hmm. vials that I'll put a droplet in my tea. Um, And when it comes to like anti-inflammatory, I use turmeric. I mean, even like honey and bee pollen I'll add to my tea and just like keeping in mind that like all these components that I'm adding, like what does that actually help within my body? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's, uh, that's incredible. With dandelion, do you do you know what, what part of dandelion or is it the whole plant? Is it like in the tincture? I'm like looking at the bottle now, like, um, well, it's a little vile. So <laughs> I'm thinking it's the whole plant. Um, yeah. 
just because it's it's amazing how like the flower versus the leaf versus the stem versus the root right they, they all have similar properties and they all kind of target but it's like the root for example is super powerful with like targeting the liver mm. um whereas like the the leaves uh help flush out the kidneys and just a little bit more like they target a little bit more specific parts of the body so it was more curiosity than anything yeah i mean i'm glad that you said so because yeah like while i'll know certain things i'm like oh i'm still always learning and always trying to like narrow things down and understanding like yeah like with that it is how it's divided because i know that people will eat like dandelion leaves like in salads and stuff Mm -hmm. and like i mean i know you can eat the whole plant but different elements like that so that's really cool to know yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like to, well, in my backyard where I know nothing is being sprayed, mm-hmm. um, I do harvest like the dandelions and I like to save or dry the roots, save them for teas. And I do that actually as well. I put like the, I make salads and, um, and put it in like my eggs, like the, the leaves and stuff. It's super, super delicious. It's a, it's a really bitter. So for anyone interested in trying, it's a very bitter herb, um, especially the, uh, raw stuff if you go and you harvest it from anywhere and of course if you are going to harvest always make sure it's from a place that's not being sprayed with glyphosate or anything any other crap um do it in a safe space like where you're not going to be eating any gross pesticides um but yeah it can be i took a little nibble out of the root like i, I harvested it i washed it off and then i i was like well i wonder what this tastes like i took a took a little bite don't do that either. <laughs> so bitter. It, it's, it left my mouth bitter for at least 24 hours. Like it was super overpowering and highly don't recommend it, but uh, maybe I was curious. <laughs> and I noticed that too. I'm like, I'm now at a point in my adulthood where I'm like, I'll try anything once. Like as, mm-hmm. when it comes to food. I mean, when you're young, you're like, ew, it's gross. I don't want to try that. And now I'm like, well, I can, I can try this. But like I said, the first time I had Herba Monte, I was like, smoked meat like yeah that is not yeah. what i want to be tasting right now <laughs> yeah oh no that's uh, that's awesome um any any other herbs or any other teas that you you love to work with um i do i mean i mentioned like psychedelic mushrooms but just regular mm-hmm. mushrooms like especially mm-hmm. lion's mane um mm-hmm. i've got an awesome uh it's from buddha teas and it's a cbd mushroom blend that's got lion's mane yeah. cbd in it um it is like a honey flavored so mm-hmm. i do like the sweeter teas i mean i tend to add like a little spoonful of like honey i have this tiny little teaspoon that is just aesthetically pleasing to me that i'm like just <laughs> a little bit of honey um <laughs> But yeah, I think that um, I'm really expansive with like trying different teas. Right. Another one that will tend to be my go-to like before meals or if I'm at a restaurant is just like a peppermint tea yeah. um, just to kind of like cleanse the palate, um, help with digestion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are kind of like my main ones are focused with the calming effect, the kind of stress relief, um, and then the anti-inflammatory yeah, no, I, lo- I love it. I love it. And in regards to the uh, Buddha teas, again, shout out them. I one of my, I really love that brand. Um, I actually do have that as well. And I think that blend does have the rooibos that I was talking about, mm. um, because it, that herb is if it's very honey. Uh, it tastes like honey, basically. Um, it's not as not as sweet as honey because it doesn't have any of the sugar, obviously. But it's very, very like almost creamy 
and like honey and has a little hint of maybe like a coffee. Super delicious, especially if you blend it with dandelion. Oh, yeah. Really, really delicious because the dandelion's a little roastier, a little more bitter. Mix it with the or with the rooibos. They kind of balance each other out and have a nice honey flavor. And that's what I think is so cool. Like, while I'll start with like a base tea, I tend to mix a lot of teas. I'm just oh, like, yeah. oh, I, I'll try it's it. Out. I'll see what works because like this is just part of my personality of like I refer to it as like my potions because people are like what are you doing <laughs> like you're spending so much time making one tea I'm like but I gotta add like each little ingredient and like this mm-hmm. is all part of the process um but yeah and just like being experimental with things of like sometimes it's not great sometimes like oh that was the wrong decision <laughs> now yep. I've got all this tea that I don't really want to drink but <laughs> yeah uh, I, I understand that um awesome well Lily I really appreciate it. this is uh this has been great a really fun conversation so if people were interested in like or if people are in the Milwaukee area and interested in working with you uh, taking one of your classes doing stuff like that how could people get a hold of you and for anyone listening who's not in Milwaukee if they can follow along your stuff where can people find any of your information yeah absolutely well as far as just to shout out to my gym neutral ground we have mm-hmm. our gym's website and it's ngmke.com and the nice thing about that is actually my instructor bio is on there um, and because I am the head person for kind of delegating new people my contact once you put your name in the website it goes straight to my number anyways so being in contact with me and kind of whether it's through the gym in one of our classes or with me personally um, and then as far as like socials like I have my social public for anyone I actually post some content when it comes to self-defense stuff and especially um, female empowerment through jujitsu so my like username is just lily but it's l-i-l-l-i-e underscore 2020 um yeah and my brand name that I do this holistic empowerment um teaching and coaching through is called garden of serpents so all like bigger stuff in the future that is going to be kind of under that name Um, but yeah, just trying to like be a source for people that if they have questions or they want someone to kind of understand, like, especially in the jujitsu community of like, Hey, I'm kind of going through these things. I want to be involved with this, but these are the struggles that I'm facing. That's really been my mission to like, all right, how do we actually solve these problems and how do we communicate to the instructors or the head coaches and, you know, make this a more talked about theme. Cause I think jujitsu for a long time has kind of been like, you know, the boys club of like, this is just how it is. If you want to join, great. If you don't like the culture, then leave. And now we're kind of entering this age of inclusiveness mm-hmm. and we're leading with this authentic line that we want people to feel safe. So just being informative and helpful with that. Awesome. Amazing. Well, Lily, I really appreciate this conversation and thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for your time and looking forward to just listening to all of the work that you're doing and the amazing stuff you have with your tea. So here to yeah. support. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you to my guest for that wonderful episode. And thank you for tuning in today. You are valued and appreciated deeply. Are you interested in trying some yerba mate for yourself? As you heard in the episode, mate can be a little harsh and bitter at times. But at Fresh Steeps, we have been able to blend mate with gunpowder green tea, lemongrass, and orange peel to provide a smooth, citrusy, and delicious flavor and energy. Want to try some for yourself? Click the Fresh Steeps website link in the show notes to try the Warrior's Boost today.